Welcome to the Guhei. I'm William Jones, class of 1990. Today, I'm talking with Jerry Pileski, a 1997 graduate hailing from the Fifth Company. If you were to ask him the one thing he'd like you to know about him, it's that he is committed to a life of service. Jerry served for 20 years as a SWO before retiring. His career looked nothing like the traditional career path of a surface warfare officer. For example, he is the only non-supply corps officer to serve as Fleet N4. He was a fellow in the CNO Strategic Studies Group. In fact, he was the first O3 to be accepted to be an in-resident Naval War College student. Unprecedented in the school's history at the time, but much more common today. At one point in his career, he was selected to be CO of a destroyer, but fate intervened and the tour didn't happen. That's a story for another episode. As a naval officer, he honed his skills in operations, logistics, strategic planning, fiscal management, human resources, and process innovation in complex environments with limited or competing resources where sound decision-making was critically important. Today, Jerry serves his Greenville, South Carolina community as a business performance and life coach for focal point training and coaching, and he uses the skills he acquired in the Navy to help private sector leaders excel through similar challenges. Jerry believes U.S. Naval Academy graduates are especially suited to be focal point coaches. It's how our paths crossed on LinkedIn. I've spent several hours getting to know Jerry, and he's graciously allowed me to explore the world of business coaching. He's joining me today to give us the guhei on focal point and explain why he thinks USNA alumni are a good fit. Let's get to it. Jerry, welcome to the guhei. What does Focal Point do? What's the business all about? What's your focus? Sure. Focal Point Business Coaching and Training is technically a franchise, but we were founded on helping small and medium business owners get through their various challenges. We were based on the work of Brian Tracy, who's kind of the, the godfather of the modern performance and business coaching movement. He's the, the descendant, if you will, of the Dale Carnegie's and the Napoleon Hills of the world. We were founded on one-on-one business coaching with those small, medium businesses, so say $1 to $50 million. Since then, we've expanded quite a bit. Really, we're about finding, clarifying, bringing out the potential of people through business. And yeah, we'll, we'll circle back around to that several times. What I love about it is, yes, on paper, what do you do where I'm a business coach? But really, what I do is I help people clarify their passion. I help them with time, team, profit, exit strategy, those four categories. And I work with an awesome team of people, have great stuff to do it, and get to fold in all my Navy experience. When we first met on LinkedIn and we started our conversations, one of the things I told you uh, that in my, uh, as I have now labeled my perpetual career search, is that the biggest thing I struggle with is gaining a point of clarity. I think you've helped with that. What I'm curious to know is how did you reach this point of clarity in deciding to become a focal point coach yourself? That's a great question, and uh, I, I get pretty excited about this, so you might, might need to cut me off. My work energizes me, and it fully supports my ability to be present with my loved ones and maintain or, or really get back into health and fitness. To those in the audience, does your job do that? The average time a retiring military officer spends in their first job post-retirement is only about eight to nine months, and the numbers aren't much better for those with any length of military commitment. Why is that? It's because we don't know what we really want to do. 
To your point, we lack clarity. On the whole, we've been trained to accept orders that what the next job is and have this innate feeling of responsibility to embrace the suck. (laughs) Then we pick jobs that seem stable and perhaps have a decent paycheck. But then, all too often, you know, the dark cloud of misery sets in. Right. Perhaps it's because you really don't like the work in the first place. Maybe it's the first civilian job treats you like an 18-year-old with no experience. Maybe the corporate schedule is to blame. You find yourself working deployment hours when your only transit is to a cubicle. The reasons are varied, but the results are amazingly consistent. And I promise I'm getting to your question here. I'm enjoying it all. (laughs) You're very passionate, and I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So this short-lived time and job, it's not surprising. You're like, how can you find a job that enhances your joy if you don't even know what joy looks like for you? The good thing is that we're free to leave civilian jobs we don't like. Still, that ends up, quite frankly, sucking for us. We wasted time in a fruitless pursuit. Oh, and we need to find another job. And it sucks for the companies that hired us. You know, the Society for Human Resources Management estimates it costs 50 to 75% of a mid-level executive's annual salary to replace them. And even higher the more senior you go. One of the most obvious traps we get into is trying to define what do I want to do by specific role. I want to work in defense contracting. I want to work in automotive, etc. The thing is, what you do is ancillary to what you want to achieve and why. Simon Sinek popularized the start with why thing, but he certainly didn't originate, originate that idea. Brian Tracy, echoing Napoleon Hill before him, labeled your why as your major definite purpose. And both were echoing Greek and Roman classics. Human nature hasn't fundamentally changed in thousands of years. Yeah, purpose and happiness are not on the other side of the right job. They are the prerequisites. I say all that to set up my answer for how I found clarity. After I retired, you know, I knew that I liked developing people and business and leadership. I was headed down the route to be a management consultant. That seemed to be the closest fit that I knew of. Fortunately, when I hung up my uniform in 2017, I took a long, meandering road trip across the country. Yeah, I spent time exploring every state to which I had not yet been, and went on a journey of self-reflection and getting better acquainted with folks across the country. I highly recommend such a trip to everyone. You don't need to be hiking the Highline Loop in Glacier National Park in Montana, or enjoying a Coke in the Route 66 gas station that inspired the Cars movies to find clarity. Wow. (laughs) But you you do need to take a step back, relax, and seriously reflect. If you're thinking, I don't have time for that, Well, that's your sign you desperately need to do that. Here's what I came up with. I wanted to do something that I could clearly see positively impact the world around me. I wanted to help expand and bring life to the potential in others. I wanted independence and flexibility, but also to be connected with an amazing team. I wanted to be with a group of folks that felt like, like I said, a strong wardrobe or a great ready room. I wanted consistency of purpose, but variety of product. I knew I didn't want to do the same job over and over every day. And for me, industry didn't matter so much as the fact that, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, I believe that businesses run with integrity are the engine room of a thriving society. I want to have a role in helping make that happen. And for better or worse, I like nice things. I wanted the scheduling and financial freedom to enjoy the world. Looking back, my role as a focal point coach seems like I simply made up the perfect position and got to go do it. You know, it's the choice is blindingly obvious. The reality is I didn't even know business coaching was a thing. The short version of the story 
is I worked with a great advisor. You know, he really listened to what mattered to me and led me to the world of coaching and specifically focal point. That advice was great. But again, we would have never arrived at focal point if I didn't first clarify what mattered to me. As a coach now, I have the training and tools to help one with the process of defining their major definite purpose or why. Exercises and clarity, if you will. You and I have worked through a couple of them. In other words, if the road trip is out of the question, I can and regularly do help folks find their own clarity. And it can really save you a lot of time. If what I'm speaking about today sounds interesting, well, I got a job for you. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. One of the exercises you worked with me was an assessment. It was the DISC assessment. And just for our audience, so you know, Jerry titles this as delving into your soul. And after I took the assessment uh, and got the results rather instantly, uh, I read through it and I didn't think it was me. I thought it missed on several uh, essential things that I knew about me after so many years. But as I kept rereading it, I kept discovering that it is me and it is exactly a match and uh, realization of the the strengths and weaknesses, things I need to work on, things I need to further uh, highlight, things that I need to to build on. It was a very interesting assessment tool, and it's useful for a number of things. For example, all the behavior questions you get in an interview. What's your greatest strength? What's your greatest weakness? Tell me about you. I'm using all of that information right now to write out the answers to those questions, and those are questions that I've struggled with for many years, really sort of describing who William is. Jerry helped me with that, just with that one exercise, and, and Jerry, I appreciate that. What you described, Jerry, was very interesting, sounds great, but I think what I heard is Focal Point is essentially a franchise, correct? Yes, uh, so Focal Point is a franchise. However, we like to say we're a coaching company, not a franchising company. Let me summarize the major questions I had along the path as to why the focal point model was far and away the winner. When I began that cross-country road trip, I was on, like I said, the path to consulting. As I learned about coaching, I addressed three major questions, and these come up all the time with people looking at it. Why coaching versus consulting? As a coach, why franchise versus independent? And as a franchise, which one? All pretty legitimate questions. So first, coach versus consultant. Slight overgeneralizations here, but to paint the landscape, consultants answer questions while coaches ask them. Consultants give fish, coaches teach fishing and pond management. Consultants put out fires, coaches teach you to not live in a straw house and play with matches. You get the idea. Both industries provide great value. I just align more with coaching because it's more positive, proactive, and nuanced. I like partnering with business leaders to create a positive legacy. Oh, and without oversharing, I'll simply state that, like many, my personal life took a hit as a career military officer. So the thought of traveling 40 weeks a year as a consultant held no appeal to me, even if the job was cool. Second, franchise versus independent. Like many of us, yeah, my career equipped me with amazing skills that can provide value to businesses. Yeah, and we have lots of shipmates who are independent consultants and coaches. I am sure they both mean and actually do well. However, just as our institution took a holistic view of us, moral, mental, physical development, I wanted to be able to provide a more holistic support to businesses. I don't care what your background is. You could be a retired four-star or a CEO. You're just one person. 
There are things, procedures, experiences you don't have or nor do you know. So joining a well-proven franchise with broad-reaching business content automatically expanded the value I could provide to future clients. It also checked my ego. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as a captain of a ship, if you run into ground, that's not cool. Equipment breaks, people die. Well, as a coach, it's not cool if I contribute to running a client's business aground. That's our livelihood. I viewed it as a little bit of overconfidence to assume that my experiences, though I did great in my military career, but I shouldn't assume they would automatically benefit various civilian businesses. With Focal Point, I compliment my experience. I didn't start from scratch. I had that you know, 20 years plus four years by the bay. I complement that experience with tools that are well-proven to work across businesses of all maturity and in industries. Being a part of a franchise automatically expanded my credibility. In addition to the ready-made content, which made it a lot easier, I have amazing ongoing training and support, including things like best practices and help with client acquisition. You helped me overcome my fear of the F word. My F word was franchise. And that's because I read a book by a famous retained recruiter. His name was John Lucht. He talked about how you get uh, jobs over $100,000 uh, and more. In his book is a chapter that always stuck with me that said the worst time to consider a franchise is when you're out of work or you're in transition. And so for me to even talk about that was just out of the question. But as the audience can hear your openness, your candor, your passion, it allowed me to even entertain the conversation. And I've learned a lot from you. And I've learned a lot from coaches that I've spoken to at uh, Focal Point. And I also learned that there are many different approaches to getting a franchise, and it's not just one way. It's not just write a check, and then you get a franchise, or write a big check, and then you have to go to work. There are actually a lot of different approaches that you can take to finance a franchise. And, and I didn't know that, and there are people out there who help you do that. Uh, I may have at least one or two of them on the Guhei in subsequent episodes. To your point there, you know, it's not something that I'll delve into the specifics, but uh, the financing of the franchise, especially, well, this audience is Naval Academy grad, so by definition, vets. I finance the whole thing with, with an SBA loan, uh, an unsecured SBA loan, by the way. So that meant no collateral. That meant that in my worst fear, if something happened and the business didn't work, guess what? It didn't affect my credit rating. They weren't taking my car, my house. Uh, that is something that you know, you fill out the paperwork just like any loan, which is cumbersome, but it was easy. And as a vet, you know, the lower cost of that and being able to do that, it took away all the fears. I paid myself a salary out of that loan as I established a business. Can't pay yourself out of job search when you're looking for a job. <laughs> no, you can't. Jerry, from your own experiences, what skills did you acquire at the Naval Academy, as well as in your years of service that helped you prepare to run your own business? Sure. You know, a common question I get from veterans, especially from those who don't have the civilian business experience like, like you have, is, you know, how can I possibly coach business owners when I've just been a military guy? Two secrets. First, no matter your background, you don't know everything. That's, you know, that's what I was talking about with the franchise versus independent discussion. Yeah, I get the same question from someone who's been in, say, sales their whole life. Except they say, I've been in sales my whole life. How can I teach leadership or organizational principles? The logistics guy might say, how can I teach sales? Again, the content, training, and support will bridge those gaps to ensure that you can legitimately deliver value to your clients across the board. The second secret is this. 
the experience you do have, the leadership, the organizational skills that put you light years ahead of most. We are actively trained in leadership from day one in ways that civilian leaders in many companies don't touch until they're 10, 15 years in their career. What is the most expensive item in just about every company? It's the people. And we're trained people experts. That's worth a lot. Yes, there are obvious skill matches. Uh, USNA and beyond gave me experience in budgeting, human resources, logistics, administration, strategic planning, you know, all those stuff. And the soft skills are also vitally important. You know, resiliency, the ability to rapidly shift from strategy to firefighting, calmness under pressure. That's very interesting perspective that you put on it. Never thought about it that way. I've learned a lot about you. I've learned a lot from you just in the four or five conversations we've had. But I have to ask you to teach me something new. Tell me something I don't know. I want you to give me something that makes me say, is that right? I was mechanical engineering for seven of my eight semesters. I finished as a general engineering major. <laughs> Sooner or later, you'll go general. <laughs> I really wanted to be a naval officer. You know, when people used to ask me, how long do you want to be in? I would only half jokingly say, ah, three or four decades. I'll see if I like it from there. After first semester, first year, you know, you think you should have some stuff figured out by then. But I went to an act board. Yeah, I was technically kicked out of the academy, and I wanted to be a career officer. At the time, I'm a member of the grade class of 97. The superintendent was Admiral Larson. There I am. I mean, if you haven't been to an act board, well, unlike the road trip I talked about before, don't try it. <laughs> it was like out of a movie, because dark room, you're sitting there, Admiral Larson, 40-year naval officer, 20-year admiral sitting in front of you. It was like going to the gates and St. Pete's like, I don't think so. <laughs> Convince me I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, that, that had an impact, we'll say. I went from, well, literally being kicked out and appealing and fortunately staying in. My final semester, I made soups list. Is that right? You went from worst to first in a semester. Yeah, that's that's probably why I'm in the top 85% of the class as opposed to the top 97% of the class. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to get you out of here. If a shipmate wanted to learn more about Focal Point or just wanted to talk to you, or if they wanted to delve into their soul like you did for me, how do they reach you? Absolutely reach out. You know, So that applies whether you're interested in exploring becoming a coach yourself or, or you find yourself the owner of a business and can use trusted counsel. That's what I do most of the time. Or simply want to walk through a period of professional transition or, or just shoot the ball and clear your head, by all means, reach out. The easiest way might be LinkedIn. So just search for Jerry Pileski. That's uh, P.S. and Papa, I-L-E-W-S-K-I, or call direct. I live in Greenville, South Carolina, but I keep an old Hawaii number just uh, from an old Navy tour. Keep a little aloha. Please don't sign me up for telemarketers. I'll know where it comes from. That's 808 and if I don't pick up directly, I'll certainly get back to you as long as you leave a message. Hugely open and love connecting with fellowship mates. And I can assure the audience that if you talk to Jerry, it is an enjoyable experience and it's time well spent. Jerry, thanks for being on the Goo Hey. Yeah, you bet. Next time. I really appreciate it. Be well, my friend. Thank you. Go Navy. I want to give another big thank you to my guest today. And thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, and more importantly, tell another shipmate to do likewise. The more shipmates are talking, the more opportunities we will create for each other. 
For show notes on today's episode, please go to theguhey.com. Until next time, I'm William Jones. Keep chopping wood. <laughs> <laughs>